This is Room 301, a podcast ran by digital agency group, The Digital Maze. Room 301 is a podcast all about SEO, PPC, website design, social media, and everything in between. Our aim with this is to equip marketing leaders with all the know-how to run and lead an effective digital strategy. My name is Rob. Let's get into it. Righty tighty, we are back, room 301. Thank you all for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about, and I hope I get this right, unconscious bias in marketing. And we've got Billy from Uptake Agency joining us today. Billy, how are you? Feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much, Rob, for having me on. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Um, as you said, I'm from Uptake Agency. I'm an SEO consultant at well, SEO and training consultant there, um, and I'm so so excited to get get to be a part of this and to talk on this subject even more. Fab. So I have to admit, this will be somewhat of a learning experience for me. I know we were just talking off the microphones a moment ago, and I know you're doing a lot of research into this. So, yeah, excited to jump in, excited to learn some bits and bobs myself, and I'm sure there's a lot of things we discussed today that I can take into my own business and 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 so on and so forth so first of all what is unconscious bias and and, and in your words how does it show up in the world of marketing so unconscious bias is something that's absolutely everywhere um whatever industry you're in whatever walk of life you're in you will have some unconscious bias um a good example of this is um there's like a riddle or a joke or whatever it is i always butcher it so i'm not going to do the whole thing (laughs) Um, but um, it's essentially where it's like um, um, this guy's in a car accident, his dad comes in as a visitor, his, or, or, or I've butchered it already, but basically it's, um, it's about trying to guess who a surgeon is and the surgeon's his mum and a lot of people fail it because the, the unconscious bias is a, a male person would be um, a surgeon, a doctor, right. Uh, how often in media it portrays nurses as women because that is an unconscious bias there. Um, but it's everywhere and it's a lot deeper than that and it's very much about your upbringing and, and the the world that's been around you and your experiences that make you just make these snap judgments on, on next to nothing. Um, and we see it absolutely everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say my, my understanding is... It's, it's, it's judgments based on prior experiences. And it's, it's quite deeply ingrained into our own thought patterns, our assumptions, our interpretations. Um, and actually, we're not often aware that we're doing it, are we? Um, and that's, I suppose, the biggest challenge around all this, isn't it? So this is a marketing podcast, though. So my next question is, what, why is it important for marketing leaders to be aware and a you know, address those unconscious bias in their campaigns and strategies? Because I'm sure there's plenty of examples. I'm not sure if you can give any, uh, Billy, but I'm sure there's plenty of examples where that, that does happen. Absolutely. So there's two ways that, well, there's probably more than two, but there's two core ways that I see it within marketing. Um, so there's the marketers who work as part of an agency and they'll have, um, they'll face unconscious bias from clients uh, so that could be whether you, if you are an 
SEO or work in some kind of technical marketing, data analysis, whatever, uh, the assumption would be that um, the, the person that would be working on those projects is male. This is something that's affected me most of my career. Right. Um, I've reached out and um, ran um, polls to see how widespread it is. Um, and over 50% of women have faced um, some sexism from clients. That's just from women that work within SEO agencies. Um, it, it, it's absolutely mad and disheartening that those assumptions come in. Um, but there's loads of stories out there where clients have refused to work with certain people because um, wow. they've got excuses. This person's too young, this person's uh, too inexperienced, whereas this person could have had years of experience. They just look like a young woman. Um, I've got countless um, stories from from interviewing women in the industry. Um, and then the second part is when we're creating campaigns, how we can um, just make a snap judgment and try and advertise something for, for what our experience is without encompassing the actual lived experience from whatever we're trying to market or, or whatever. We, we all just make an assumption from our experience and put that into our work and that can cause um, loss of money, damaging in a brand um all sorts of big mistakes it's such a big vital part that we can't just let our experience guide our decisions no for sure have you got any examples of that happening any real world examples well there's absolutely loads out there i think at the moment so at the time of recording it's um sorry i hope you don't mind that i'm saying this some people are protective about when they record um but it's pride month um, and we see a lot of rainbow washing at this, yeah, yeah. whereas they create, um, um, let's say Coca-Cola, they, they do a big pride thing, pride advertising every single year, but also every single year they donate uh, money to um, political parties that are very anti-LGBT. Wow, uh, really? Can, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's something... Uh, I read a study recently, I think it's something like $90,000 in the US is what they paid towards certain political parties there. But this isn't politics. Um, and also this is a little bit off subject, but the, the, the advertising misses the mark because it's not genuine and that you can see these, you can find this data, you can see this information online. Um, it could be um, a company, um, Trying to think of the example right now, it's from my brain. Um, we'll, we'll just say, a, like, a furnishing company, they're trying to um, sell themselves as leaders in. Um... Oh, the example's completely gone, I'm really sorry. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, that's going to really annoy me. Can we circle back? And if we that comes back, absolutely I'll... circle back. Never at all. But now you said that example about Coca-Cola, like I imagine it's one of those, you only know that if you know that, don't you, I suppose. And it's a lot, I imagine that happens across the board and things that me or you see every single day that we just look at and, and, and glance over. But some people might see that in a completely different way based on their own experience or what they've you know, had to go through in their lives. So no, totally can see how, how that can happen and, I suppose the campaigns are only limited by the people that work on them. 
as well. So, I mean, what what are the practical steps that a marketer can take to become aware of unconscious bias in the campaigns that they're planning? I think, again, there's multiple ways of looking at this. So as a marketer, it's important we try um, to experience as much as we can and like read up on world issues and become knowledgeable of different walks of life. Um, so myself, um, I live in a, I grew up in a small area of Sheffield, uh, predominantly white neighbourhoods. So my school only had a handful of people um, of colour there. Uh, so it would be very easy for me to just go from my experiences and let that yeah, drive judgments. But we have to make sure that we learn and study and we, we can't live someone else's experience. We, we I can't say that I can't guide a judgment from and decisions on a on a on say like a marketing campaign from the eyes of a person of colour because I've never lived that life. So it's important that we diversify our knowledge and become aware of social and societal issues, but at the same time that we can't take credit and say that those are our lived experiences. We need to diversify our colleagues, our, our friendship groups, our what media we intake so i really recommend um a book on this um the the um so this too so if you wanted to read it say to better understand uh, women's experiences in business uh, there's a really good book called invisible women um and then to um understand kind of some unconscious biases and societal issues that have faced people of colour, I really recommend why I'm no longer talking to white people about racism. Um, these are really fantastic resources, but at the same time, it can't just be on a single marketer to make a decision no. on a campaign. Um, we need to have a diverse team that we work with. It can't just be... Um, one person that solely makes a decision for a client. There's always going to be a team, and it's really important um, that the hiring processes make sure that we can have diverse colleagues um, and we can advocate for that as marketers. Uh, but unconscious bias doesn't in marketing doesn't just start and stop at marketing. No, of course, no. I suppose it's really important to immerse yourself in, in different cultures and different perspectives, especially as a marketer, because as marketers, you know, we are, we are trying to make a set of people or a group of people, often a lot of people to feel some sort of emotion in, in most instances. And we don't want that emotion to be, I'm offended or I'm upset or whatever it might be. So yeah, in terms of, I never even thought to, um, to think of that in terms of the hiring process but yeah you're right in terms of the hiring process you often go by skill set experience whatever it might be but actually understanding where they've been what their history was their personal history is it can be really important perspective to add to the team i imagine both b2b and b2c but especially b2c where you're going consumer led and there's lots of lots of people potentially consuming your content or your campaign whatever it might be it becomes really really important not to alienate a certain subsection of of, of society i suppose so yeah no i, I respect that, that 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 input really in terms of the hiring process for sure so in terms of unconscious bias obviously diversity and inclusion we know they're essential in in marketing how how can marketers ensure that campaigns embrace 
those values whilst avoiding the unconscious bias. Sorry, could you repeat the question? How can marketers ensure that campaigns embrace diversity and inclusion? Um, okay. Um, I guess it goes back to the point I was saying that no decision on a campaign should be from the eyes of one person. Yeah. Um, that it should always be a team that does the final send-off and sign-off before it even gets to the client. The client can then argue or do whatever they want um, and make their decisions. But it's important that um, a, well, a well-rounded set of eyes see the campaign and try to decide and think of any ways that there could be issues there, um, that it's inclusive, that there's nothing that's going to offend anyone, there's no stereotyping um so it, it's really important that a final the final asset whatever it is is seen by multiple people uh, and at the same time i think the entire process of a campaign should be run by multiple people right from the ideation that that nothing should be sat solely on one person because that is where unconscious bias can come in um, because everyone has their unconscious bias. I know I've, I've definitely made mistakes in the past where I've like made um, just like random stereotypes. Um, like um, recently I didn't realise women smoked cigars because I didn't know them little ones existed. <laughs> and then I thought, that's me also making another one. It's just women that drink them little thin ones. I don't know anything about cigars, can you tell? I know. <laughs> Um, but yeah there's there's all sorts out there that people have just random assumptions about and you need to be able to stop that and question that multiple multiple spots within any campaign yeah i know 100 percent. moving away from sort of the, the campaign side of things you mentioned um a few moments ago about sort of talking more about an agency and how people you know and your own experiences with, with clients um, and particularly female in, 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 in your example, what would you say as a, if you were, and you, and you, you are going to be one, an employer, um, what would you say sort of perfect looks like or good looks like in terms of looking after your people and, and ensuring that they don't face troubled times and, and, and troubled clients like that? And if they do, what would you like to see happen? I'd love every agency out there to have um, something within their contracts that outlines acceptable behaviour, not just from us as an agency, but what we'd expect from a client as well. Uh, because clients aren't going to be happy. We're not always going to be successful. We're not always going to provide them great information. There's going to be angry or upset. That's, that's going to happen. But we need to have an acceptance level of behaviour from them. And they shouldn't come in questioning the team and their credentials. They shouldn't come in um, and try to belittle or diminish team members. Um, they need to understand that how our businesses are set up are there for a reason. Like we have a hierarchy in whether you're an, a junior in SEO or you're a senior SEO, just because you're a woman that does not mean they should go to the man who's the junior, because I've seen that happen so many times, um, that they've hired 
whatever agency it is because they're experts and they should be treated as such and how they look, their age, um, their ethnicity shouldn't be questioned and that needs to be in a contract and if that is breached there should be terms where okay well you've pay up to whatever amount and then we're done we're not going to continue with this unless there's significant change have you seen in your experience um agencies continue with customers despite knowing that this is going on yes from my experiences i've um heard of plenty of agencies that do that but it's well what we can do is we'll take you off this project but we're going to put another account manager on and then similar things happen and that they'd rather cater to a client's needs than protect their team and there are fantastic agencies already out there that don't do that i'm sure yourself rob would not stand for that for your agency um, I've got previous employers that would not stand for that as well and do have things in their contract to protect their team. But um, I spoke to probably 90 women over the last two years about their experience with sexism from clients. Wow. And very few of them have had actually seen a resolution where the client's been dropped um, or a resolution where they felt satisfied with what happened. Um, and do you think there's a difference between um, what comes out of a, a client's mouth and their actions? So just speaking from my own experience, I know I've certainly seen customers, not necessarily something they've said, but they're, they're definitely more receptive to certain people because of whatever it might be, they're male or they appear more more experienced. And, you know, when a quote unquote junior person of the team makes a suggestion it's almost brushed off and so technically they've not said anything but actually it's the same problem does that make sense i hope it does yeah that happens all the time um and it's really important to keep colleagues up to date um, and aware of what happens for what what could happen to them and to their other colleagues as well Um, because everyone is going to have a preference Sometimes it's nothing to do with unconscious bias. Like I know there's people that I like more than other people. <laughs> that happens to everyone. Um, but um, it's important to be supportive and empower your colleagues. So if, say, in the situation you were saying, um, that one person saying something to the client, they love it because they've got, whether it's unconscious bias or just a better relationship with this person, they're going to then ignore or brush off, say, a junior colleagues and what what we should do as as their colleagues or their mentors or whatever we are is we can we can say actually no I think that's a really good point can we continue and you speak about that more um don't let someone bulldoze over someone that could potentially be adding um, a new insight or a new opportunity it could be absolute nonsense um but they're also an expert in what they're doing for a reason, whether they've been doing it for a year or two years, that's still a year or two yeah. experience and they might see things we don't. No, it's interesting. And, and again, I, I said at the start of this, this, this conversation, you know, this is partly a learning experience for me as well, because everybody, as you quite rightly said, everybody's been guilty of this at some point in, in their life. Um, and I suppose the, the overall aim is to minimise it as much as possible, isn't it? So we're all on a journey. 
Um, moving back to the campaign side of things, is there any industries where this is particularly prevalent, do you feel? Is there any, um, i trying to think off the top of my head, maybe something like maybe food and drink, alcohol, I don't know. You tell me what your thoughts are on that. I think there is, um, but I've also started seeing, um, let's if we talk about advertising campaigns in particular, mm. that's what stereotyping we see it the most. Um, so um, an example, I feel really bad. Coca Cola company, please don't come after me. Yeah, twice now. You got you got it in for haven't you? <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to diet. Yeah, and me. But the Diet Coke advert, they're targeting women and the assumption that they make is based on the male gaze. They, they're going to show the Coca-Cola can running down a pack or whatever and it's picked up by a really sexy shirtless man who's really buff and built and he's sweating, he's mowing the lawn, whatever it is. And that's what they think their target audience wants to see. Um, and they assume that their target audience is um, single female. Uh, but with Coca-Cola, um, I know a lot of people that drink it are, I, I see a lot of male diabetic men drink Diet Coke. Um, there's a lot of people, it's a very diverse like people, it's a soft drink, but that's the assumption that they've made and then their bias I've, is, this I've, is heard, what want. I've heard that Diet Coke is aimed at females and Coke Zero is aimed at males. I've heard that. Don't quote me. I've that, heard that. As well. I've definitely heard that. And to me, they are the same drink, <laughs> pretty much. Granted, Coke Zero, I think, tastes slightly better. Um, I disagree. I yeah. think it tastes like that. Oh, no, yeah, I, I hate I, it. So maybe they're right. Maybe. maybe well, they are yeah, tough. maybe. I think Coke Zero <laughs> tastes more like the full fat version, so I drink that. But yeah, maybe. And maybe. Less so now, but the, the can design used to be black, didn't it, for Coke Zero and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. I've always wondered why they've got both, and maybe it's because their assumption is is that. But you're right, just because a female, maybe their sales figures shows that females uh, drink more Diet Coke, it doesn't mean that every female is straight, likes males, single, Likes muscular men who lawn who mow the lawn. Do you know what I mean? It's there's lots of different ways, and I suppose you know, I suppose budget comes into it to, for them to produce a campaign that sort of uh, looks at every pocket, maybe too expensive. But they've been doing that for a long time, haven't they? In terms of because I know what you mean. I, I, I recall the Diet Coke adverts that, that do that. So yeah, it's interesting. Any any other examples at all, or any industry? Shall we say? Um, that's just everywhere. Um, recently, I was in a doctor's surgery and they had a poster on the wall and it was something about um, respecting their staff and they had it on multiple walls and it was just always female nurses showing. But then again, I could be making an assumption because I don't know the different colours of scrubs, but they were like the dark blue, the white lines, things like that on the uniform. And it does give an impression that we're just looking at women who work in this industry um, as nurses, where, again, it's not like... There was several people stood around, um, like, one of the big desks that they have in in hospitals. I don't think it would actually count as a desk. Um, 
but they were like multiple people and they could have just put some man in or a person of colour or anything to just make that a little yeah. bit more diverse. But all the posters were showing um, like middle-aged women in, in what to me was a nurse's uniform. Is, is, um, is diversity and unconscious bias, how closely linked do you think they are? I think they're incredibly linked. I feel like um, unconscious bias stops diversity. Right, yeah. And diversity stops, um, allows you to not be as unconsciously biased. No, that makes total sense. Total sense. And I, meant, I mentioned it earlier, and, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, but is the, the overall objective, is it to minimise it? Do you think there's ever a way that you can get rid of it? No, everyone's always going to have assumptions based on their experience. That's always going to happen. Um, everyone's guilty of it. You can try your best to be as open and learn about the world. There are always going to be like things that, that crop up and make you think like that. Um, but I think it's important to try to not be unconsciously biased and broaden your spectrum, especially in marketing, because we're not marketing our experience. We're marketing a product, a campaign, whatever it is. Yeah, very true, yeah. Um, and our experience could be a limiting factor. Absolutely. We could stop its success. Like I say, ultimately, this this could well impact the overall success of a campaign i'm sure i'm sure it does in in a lot of in a lot of ways well look we are coming up to the sort of half an hour mark which is where we normally um we normally jump off so my last question to you is and this is something just for um before i ask this question this is um this is something that isn't spoken about enough and in fact you're the only. I know I've, I met you pre, at a previous event that we we ran probably two years ago now, wasn't it, or a year ago? Uh, but then you, you spoke about a similar thing, and you know you're really flying the flag for this, and this definitely isn't spoken about enough. So, do you have any recommended resources, books, tools, uh, or even other people uh, such as yourself who are who are trying to educate um, other leaders in the industry or other, other people in in general? Um. Yes, so I've got the two books that I mentioned previously, um, Invisible Women, um, there's um, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Racism, um, there's loads of um, books out there, um, but also this is probably an unconscious bias of mine, a lot of the people that I follow and try to learn from are just within the SEO community. That is my preference, and that's what my experience. I don't know um, too many people outside of that. But I really recommend where you can to get involved um, with various schemes and companies, so Women in Tech SEO, uh, Be Digital. Um, Even if you you can't relate to their experiences and you're not from there, from that background, from your, you could be a man, you could be a white person. I still follow people in there because I want to learn. I want to see um, what, what their issues are. I want to connect with people and learn. 
Um, and that's what I'd recommend as well. So whether it's attending webinars, uh, local events, uh, whatever schemes you can get yourself involved with, that's where you've got an opportunity to learn. Brilliant. Well, I think it's a really important topic. I think it's credit to you that, that you keep flying that flag, and I know you'll continue to do so, and I think that's a great thing to do. There's some really good advice, particularly for me, um, the terms of the contract in terms of the, especially the client-facing contract. You know, if you do this, if you do that, you know, you're going to have to pay up and you're going to have to, you're gonna have to get out. I think that's a really good piece of actionable advice um, that people can take away from this. But, no, Billy, really appreciate your time. Um, this has been Billy from the Uptake Agency, and we will see you again soon.